It's time to James Bond the family minivan. Let's talk tactics. Tactical firearms training. Urban survival. Close quarters combat. Welcome to the show that helps you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. This is the Warrior Life Podcast. Hey there, what's up Warriors? It is Jeff Anderson from WarriorLife.com and welcome to podcast episode number 345. And this is the second in our three-part series on survival driving during times of civil unrest. Now, if you missed the first episode, the reason why we're doing this is really because there's some dangerous stuff that could be happening out there here very soon. Uh, If you're not following the news, Officer Derek Chauvin's trial is underway for the death of George Floyd. And there have already been some missteps by the uh, the prosecution's team of lawyers. Um, I don't know which way this is going to go. We never know which way these types of trials are going to go. Officers are usually given a lot of latitude. This is a very extenuating uh, circumstances in this case. We, we just never know where these types of trials are going to end up. Um, if you remember, the death of uh, George Floyd itself sparked a few months of violent riots. And if this trial does end up with an innocent verdict... I think you and I can expect an even more chaotic response, perhaps in a lot more areas of the country than just where the trial is. So as we saw in the past protests and the riots, um, being on the road is a very dangerous place. And a lot of people get into the mode where they just feel like everything's fine in their areas. But you might be caught by surprise in any number of threatening scenarios if you become targeted by protesters out there because you look a certain way, your vehicle looks a certain way, you've got certain bumper stickers. Um, It could even be a road rage incident on the highway because you are identified maybe with a bumper sticker that identifies you as the enemy during these types of politically motivated or race motivated or anything where there's like a, a common enemy and there is no rule of law going on in certain times. Um, It could even be armed roadblocks of protesters like we saw in Atlanta after the Rayshard Brooks shooting. And I covered that in episode number 342. So this this three-part series is really to help give you some some really kind of no BS tactics, um, prep work, tools, gadgets, gizmos, things that you can do to escape and evade any sort of a mobile threat when you're out there, even during times of civil unrest. Now, in the first episode of this series, I did talk about the prep steps that you can take to make sure that your vehicle itself is hardened against an attack to really give you the best chance of escape if you're ever attacked in it. Um, In this episode, we're going to go over kind of how to James Bond your vehicle's defense plan. And I have 10 escape and evasion gear and tactical suggestions that you can use to defend yourself in a real attack when you are inside of your vehicle. Now, the first thing I have to say here is that we are talking about very dangerous items here. We're talking about very dangerous tactics. So please know that someone could be seriously injured or killed if you use some of these suggestions. Maybe even an innocent bystander or even someone that you know and love inside of your vehicle. These are meant for real life or death scenarios where you have no other option out there but to fight back to be able to escape a very dangerous situation. So please know that these are not these are not just fun things. I mean, it's I kind of given it, you know, the James Bond spin here, but 
just know that these are very serious things. This is not fantasy stuff. These are things that in one case, um, a couple cases I've had to use, I've, I've used similar or exact um, things that we've talked about here. But um, this is real life. This is real life stuff. And just know that there are real life consequences to some of these actions. Okay. All right. So let's go ahead and jump into it here. Starting with the most obvious, which is uh, tip number one is to make sure that you have an easily accessed handgun. Now I say easily accessed because people who do concealed carry, if you have it on your person, sometimes people will wear it in a place that is not really all that accessible inside of a vehicle. Now, this is going to vary upon you, your your own size, the vehicle size. But if you're carrying in your in your back right hip, it might not be advantageous where you might have to really move your body in a certain angle. Uh, you might have people reaching into your vehicle trying to pull you out. You you want an a handgun that is easily accessible. So if you're carrying it on your body, I usually find appendix carry to be a lot better there. I actually have, use off-body carry in my vehicle. So when I have it, I have it in a separate holster in my vehicle so that I can just reach and grab it. But you do want to have something that is, is easily accessible so you can get to it very quickly if you are ever attacked in your vehicle. Tip number two is to have extra magazines in your vehicle, even if you don't carry these on your person. I know we talk about how you sh why you should carry extra magazines on you, and I do believe in that. Um, but even if it is something that you don't normally do, you can have some extra magazines inside of your vehicle. You can have it in the, the console and be in between your the driver's side and the passenger side. There might be other pouches that you could have or underneath your vehicle. I'm sorry, underneath your seat. Some place where you can have them easily accessible so that if you do end up blowing through your magazines for your for your handgun, you have additional ones there also. Uh, you know these types of protests. There, there could be multiple people in the area. It'd be multiple, multiple attacker situation, most likely. So, you're going to need as much ammo as possible. So, I would say have extra magazines in your vehicle that you just keep there, even if it's even if you don't keep them typically on your person. All right. So let's go ahead and uh, stick with tip number three. Let's talk a little bit about the tactics about using a a, a a weapon there. So let's say that you are stopped and you do have to fire outside of your vehicle because people are trying to get you out or trying to get inside of your vehicle. If you do have to shoot, I recommend that you, if you're shooting off to the side, of course, this you have to be very, very careful about other people inside of your vehicle, friendlies. But if you do have to shoot, I recommend that you shoot through the door on the sides. Um, if you shoot through the side window it is most likely going to shatter and it's going to then make you even more of a target for being pulled out of your vehicle. Now, we've seen real life shootings that have happened where a mob had stopped a vehicle. This was in an, I think it was an Irish uh, funeral. Um, I don't even think they have this video up anymore. I might have downloaded it. I'm going to try and see if I have that. But where a mob was trying to pull two officers out, I don't know if they were officers or military, but trying to pull them out of the vehicle. The officers uh, did pull out a weapon and shot and everybody just ran away from the vehicle. And it was almost like a vacuum. They just ran right, they went right back to the vehicle, ended up pulling them out and killing them. So a handgun is not a magic talisman about uh, against being able to be pulled out of your vehicle. So you don't want to have your, you know, you don't, you don't want to be the one breaking your own side windows out. So if you do have to fire, those bullets should go through the door. 
so you can shoot through the door and it's not going to damage your window. Now, one thing, if you do have the 3M shielding on that I talked about in the last episode, that could stop it from actually being shattered, but it might make it inoperable. It might make it easier for somebody to bust through it. I still recommend shooting through the door if possible there. The other thing is that if you are not shattering that window, um, if it has 3M shielding, you want to be able to see through it. So again, you want you want to give yourself the best opportunity for escape if you're able to break away from that crowd. Now, if you have to fire through the windshield, since it is tempered, it, it is not going to shatter like a side window will, um, but you are still going to have some um, so what do you call it? Like spidering of, you know, outside of where the bullet goes in. And again, if you have to drive away, you don't want to, you don't want to take away from your own vision to be able to get out of the area. So, uh, if you do have to fire through your windshield for personal defense, you want to aim low with it. So down as close to the, down to the dashboard as possible because of the angle of the windshield, it is going to deflect the uh, it's most likely going to deflect the path of the bullet. Um, what the tests that I've seen, where you actually shoot through the windshield, they they end up going up because of the angle. So just know that there is going to be a deflection there. Where you shoot is not necessary, or where your aim is not necessarily where the bullet is going to go. And again, that could hit an innocent bystander. So you have to really make sure that these are life or death type scenarios. Also, when you do aim low there. Again, if it spiders out with cracks in your windshield, at least you're not trying to look through a bullet hole to be able to drive out of the area or you have lots of spiral spidering in your vision there. So keep it as low as possible there. Okay. All right. Tip number four, um, you're going to need alternative weapons. Uh, you, you don't want pepper spray to be one of them. So if, if you are stopped and you're surrounded by a mob and they start, if you break out the pepper spray, again, you might be able to get some people away from you, but you are potentially going to blind yourself as well. And again, you might not be able to get out of the area. You can, you can run into an obstacle and stop your vehicle. And then once again, you're, you're in the clutches of a mob. You could hit somebody innocent as you're trying to drive out of the area. So pepper spray is not advisable inside of the vehicle. So you need alternative weapons here. Uh, tip number four is very simply a knife. Now, most people do carry... Uh, most people that think tactically at all carry a knife on them. So if you do have people reaching into your vehicle, you you do have a knife that you can you can slash and try and keep them from getting inside of the vehicle. That is going to be one of the more obvious things. But you do, again, need to make sure that it is easily accessible so that you can get to it. This is also something that you can keep inside of the vehicle. That is something like a fixed blade that you don't have to open. You don't need room for it. You don't have to think about it. If you're able to have fixed blade knives legally where you are, you might want to think about putting a fixed blade knife in your vehicle that is attached to something where you can just get to it and not have to get to a pocket folder. Um, especially if you need to bail out of the vehicle, you want to have your, your knife with you. And if you're able to use something other than your pocket folder, at least you know you have your pocket folder with you. Okay. Um, Weapon number, or tip number five is still in the weapons category, and um, this is one I keep inside, which is a taser baton. So we've uh, we've promoted this several times to our newsletter because I really do love this thing. It is a um, gosh, what is it? I think it's like a, a it's a couple of feet. I never really measured it, but it's about a two feet two foot long uh, baton. It has it's very easy to grip onto with two hands. That's one of the things I like about it. The end of it does have it does have like a, that um, 
kind of that jagged edge, the um, the bezel, the attack bezel around it. So it's very pointed. So you can use it for shoving into people's hands. It will damage their, it'll hurt their hands, but it also has a taser function to it as well. And I like this for a lot of different reasons. So one, the taser is going to be very effective at getting people to get out, even intimidating if you zap that thing. So that's going to be even more effective than the bezeled uh, jagged edge when you're trying to stab people. But the bezel edge does give you something there to cut, to inflict pain in case the taser becomes non-functional or something like that. So, um, so anyway, yeah. So using that also, it gives you reach. So if people are trying to get into your back windows, then you can take that thing and you can, again, with, since it is longer, you can reach back there and you can, you can zap some people in behind you there. All right. So I do like, I do like this thing a lot. Uh, tip number seven, still kind of in the alternative weapon, if you will, is a fire extinguisher. Now I recommend that you, uh, you should have a fire extinguisher inside of your vehicle in case your vehicle catches on fire. If there's a car accident, I've told the story several times about my friend, Kevin Reeve, who, um, told, told me of the story about a vehicle that was overturned on the Los Angeles freeway that had caught on fire. And unfortunately a toddler died inside of the vehicle, even though the, the mother was able to get out, but it was, no one was able to, no one had a fire extinguisher on them. So they couldn't put the fire out. There was finally somebody that came from a, a, a nearby house that did have a fire extinguisher, but they didn't know how, nobody knew how to use it. So obviously you want to know how to use a fire extinguisher. Now I recommend that you get one that has the hose version. So it's not just the kind of like the the hairspray type can, but one that has a hose on it. So this can be used for a vehicle fire, whether that is your vehicle, whether it's a vehicle accident or whether somebody throws a Molotov cocktail or something on your vehicle, it would give you the ability to potentially put that, put that fire out, but also for crowd disbursement. If you have either the side window open or it gets busted, or if you have the a sunroof that we talked about and able to put that hose out there, you can literally spray that fire extinguisher around you that is potentially going to get people away from your vehicle. Nobody wants to be sprayed down with a, uh, with a fire extinguisher, right? So, uh, so that is going to give you kind of its one odd little, uh, it's kind of like smoke screen, James Bond, James Bond smoke screen around you, right? Um, okay. Now, what if you're being chased? So in our in our final episode, we're going to talk about escape and evasion driving specifically. But from a gear perspective, um, tip number seven here is to have a small bag of large nuts and bolts, the, the kind that you can get at Home Depot, but you want to get like really, really large, heavy ones. And this is something that um, I learned from experience because when I was younger, I was out, I was with my family. I'm talking about when I was a child and there was a road rage incident that my family went through where there was a very erratic driver that was literally trying to like force our family off of a bridge that was going over the river. And this was, this was at night. It was very dark out, didn't see who it was or anything, but this person would, they were relentless. They were, they were driving radically. They weren't, they weren't bumping our car, but they were trying to like wedge us over and we were on a bridge. So all of us kids were afraid in the, in the back seat. My father was in the front driver's seat. My mom was in the uh, passenger seat. Uh, 
And he, I don't know what made him think about it, but he reached under the seat and we were, you know, my dad used to take me fishing and we had gone deep sea fishing and he had some deep sea sinkers, those lead weights, those big lead weights there. I mean, it's for, it's meant for deep sea fishing underneath the vehicle. And he grabbed one. And as the vehicle was alongside of us and wedging and kind of moving us over, I remember him taking that lead weight and throwing it as hard as he could at the passenger side window. The guy was on the left side of us. And um, I remember that shattering that window and the person stopped their vehicle and we were able to drive off and get out of the area. But I remembered that very vividly, obviously. But so ever since then, I mean, not ever since then, since I started driving, really thinking tactically, I've kept a small bag of uh, jagged, like large bolts and, um, and, and nuts there as well for that type of a situation if needed. So they can be thrown out of a side window. They can also, if you do have a vehicle that's chasing behind you and you have a sunroof, you can take them and throw them kind of out and behind you through the sunroof and it might possibly hit their windshield. It might scare them off. It might, you know, whatever. It might just piss them off. But nonetheless, it is one way that you might be able to have some something there that can give you uh, some sort of a distraction or a way to break a, break a windshield, break a side window or something like that. All right. Tip number eight, um, I did learn through personal experience that a lot of bad guys don't like being blinded. So when I lived in, uh, when I lived in New Mexico, I was in a highly populated gang area and had to deal with gang members um, relatively often. Right outside of my house, they would just stop sometimes and just decide to hoot and holler outside of my home. And one of the things that I, uh, I found was that an LED spotlight, like a, back then we didn't have LED, but um, it was, I had like a million candle power spotlight, like a marine spotlight. We had kind of like the, the trigger, like the handle on it, like a, like a pistol grip on it. And it was a, it was very powerful. And I used that more than a couple of times to be able to spotlight them and get them, get the gangbangers out of the road. Now, they didn't know if I had, which I did, I had a handgun on me. They didn't know what I had, but I was able to basically just tell them I'm armed. You, They didn't know whether I was or not, but they took me at my word. You guys need to clear out of here and just blinding them. And they were they would get in their vehicle and they would leave. So when you're being chased, um, this is something also that you could possibly use to be able to blind somebody behind you. Now they have LED versions that are even brighter than what I had before. They are they can be charged in the vehicle. They're rechargeable. You can plug them into the cigarette lighter. Um, they make them up to about 6,000 lumens. There are some that have strobe options on them as well that you can use to uh, do it this way. You can So you can shine it in somebody's eyes if they're being chased where, they, where they're not able to see and it might back them off because they're unable to see. Um, it might cause them to get in an accident. And again, somebody can really get killed. So this you gotta you have to understand that this is a very dangerous scenario, and you've only you would only use this if it were a life or death situation. You were being chased down, and you needed to really escape there. They could run into an innocent bystander. You don't know what can happen here. So, but that LED spotlight can be very helpful, not even just from being chased, but also if you do have a mob out there. Uh, just like via, just like police officers will use spotlights to be able to blind uh, 
um, attackers or um, people there so that they don't see what you're doing or they're not able to, if they, if they do have a, a weapon, they're not able to maybe get a good look at where they're aiming. So all of these things can be very, uh, can be useful things. Now it's going to be harder for you as a driver to spotlight somebody behind you and drive defensively at the same time. So if you have somebody else in the vehicle, this can be, it would be much more advantageous if somebody else in the vehicle were using it. Okay. All right. Tip number nine, you have to really think worst case scenario here. Somebody could be shot. They could be stabbed. They could be, have something thrown at them, somebody inside of your vehicle. So you want to have a trauma med kit somewhere in your vehicle, or if you don't carry one on you. So I have one that I carry on my belt. It's, it's, um, it's our, actually our prototype for our IFAC individual first aid kit. The, um, but you want to have at the minimum here, something like a tourniquet. So if somebody is shot in the arm, if they're bleeding or if they're cut, you have a tourniquet there that you might be able to st- hold off the, the bleeding and until you can get to seek medical attention, a C-lock bandage, or I'm sorry, C-lock bandage, like a, a quick clot, some sort of a pressure dressing, a chest seal, if it is a bullet wound that is causing a sucking chest wound. Of course, you want to know how to use all of these things, but having a trauma first aid kit, you really want to make sure that you have something there available so that you can pr- administer first aid. Because again, in these types of situations where there might be mass chaos out there, first responders are either going to be overwhelmed or maybe not able to make it into an area. Seconds count when it's a traumatic injury and you need to be prepared with the right gear as well as the training to be able to use it. Right. And the final tip that I have here is that you should have some sort of a get home bag. Now we have our, our scram bag, which we call our social chaos response and mobility bag. And it's specifically designed for escape and evasion. It integrates with our extreme bug out bag, the XBOB. Um, this is something that military and military contractors and you know people who are really in danger zones all have these in their vehicles because it could be a situation where you do need to bail out of the vehicle and then it's you on the run. Now, this is not the same as your bug out bag. You don't want to have like a big old backpack on your back as you're trying to escape mobs. But it is a small bag that you would have that has specific gear inside of it that can continue to help you to escape and evade any sort of civil unrest, mobs, rioters, things like that. Um, I the R scram bag is a sling pack because uh, for very specific reasons, it gives us easier access to the material that's inside of it. Ours also has a, a compartment inside of it, kind of a hidden compartment for a handgun in it. So I oftentimes, especially if I'm wearing clothes, if I'm going to the beach and I don't I can't necessarily wear my concealed handgun on my body um, that has this compartment inside of our bag bag for the scram bag for specifically for the handgun and it's easily accessible because it's a sling pack I can pr- quickly bring it from from back to front where I don't have to take it off of my shoulder so but you want to have some sort of a dump bag there that's going to have some you just want to throw some some I, I what I have inside of it are some uh, carb gels for keeping up energy some water in there some things that you can quickly use to be able to escape and evade the area very specific gear goes inside of that, okay? But you want to have something that if you do need to bail out of the vehicle, you have something you can grab and go with uh, that's going to help you to continue your escape, okay? 
All right. Um, so that that's those are my top 10 tips here for James bonding your vehicle. And I want to know, what, what did I miss here? Um, what would you suggest having as additional gear inside of your vehicle or as tactics that are going to help you in a mobile threat? There, you might where you might be have have to escape and evade um, mob rioters, or if you get stopped by a mob and rioters. And I'd like to know from you. Go ahead and leave us a comment on the blog where you see this episode, or you can go over to warriorlifetips.com and you can leave it there. And if we end up using your tip in a future broadcast or in our video channel, then we will also send you a free thank you gift in the mail as well. Now, in the next episode, we're going to talk about your driving skills and how to escape being chased or even stopped by a mob and surrounded. Yes, there are things that you can do to drive away from the threats here. And until then, please go ahead and don't be shy. Leave us a comment and rate us wherever you get this podcast and you're enjoying it. Give us those five stars to let us know that you're loving what you're hearing. All right. Until our next episode, this is Jeff Anderson saying prepare, train, and survive. You've been listening to the Warrior Life Podcast. We hope you've enjoyed the show. You can help us spread the mission of self-reliance and self-protection when you rate us. And leave us a comment wherever you enjoy these podcasts. And don't forget to check out our posts and videos on our social media channels. You'll see a full directory when you visit our website at www.warriorlife.com. We'll see you next time. This has been the Warrior Life Podcast. Prepare. Train. Survive.